Today on ComTalk, we're talking about 1992's Batman Returns with special guest Carlos Renfro from Healing Truth Ministries. Just want to give you guys a quick little disclaimer here. We had some technical difficulties with our uh, recording process this past week, so I want to apologize as the audio is not going to be quite what we we would prefer it to be. So uh, hang loose with us. Again, we're always working on this, trying to improve this show for you, our amazing devoted geeks who are listening to this on a regular basis. Captain, we have a proximity alert with the planet Geekery. We are approaching collision. Quicks, get somebody on the comms. Enter in the security code. Security code accepted. Hello, Devoted Geeks, and welcome to episode 27 of Com Talk, the podcast extension of Geek Devotions, the YouTube show from a couple of devoted geeks that are devoted to letting people know that they are loved. I am Dallas, and with me is very special guest... Carlos Furfro. Thanks for having me, Dallas. <laughs> Glad to have you with us, man. All right, so as you guys listen to this podcast, please interact with us. Send us your thoughts on what we're saying via Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Let Carlos know how great of a person he is and how amazing he sounds on our show and how he should take over Calm Talk by Geek Devotions one day. <laughs> we don't know about all that. <laughs> but anyway, send us your information. Talk to us, guys. Leave us a review on iTunes because it helps kind of with the um, – um, just kind of helps people to find out who we are and uh, you know maybe subscribe to our podcast. Um, but as you interact with us, the more interaction you do with us on social media and everything, uh, you may earn your spot as our Devoted Geek of the Month. Uh, that being said, really cool thing, uh, this is our third official podcast for Geek Miss 2017. And yeah. uh, this has been a lot of fun. I'm super excited to have Carlos on with us today. Um, but we, uh, a previous Devoted Geek and previous podcast spe- uh, guest host, LJ Lowry, did a great job streaming for us this past Tuesday. He streamed a game called Nights into Dreams, which uh, was a Sega Saturn video game that came out back in like, actually right about the same time frame as this movie. Did you know that, Carlos? No, I didn't know that. Did you ever? Did you do you remember seeing the commercials for Nights into Dreams? I, I really don't. I, I had a Sega Saturn. You did? I did. Oh man, how did you not know Nights into Dreams? I, I don't know, man. I don't know how. Maybe because I, because I was in the country. I don't know. <laughs> what was your jam? What was your Sega Saturn jam? Um. Well, the big thing was um. See, I, I, I was coming out of Sega Genesis. Right. So, um, so Sega, Sega Saturn was a big thing. The sports game at the time, um, you had things like Bulls versus Lakers, Bulls versus Blazers, and then the NBA Finals, and then um, and then also right around that time, you had NBA Jam coming out. Uh-huh. So that was that was a big thing. You know, everybody was wanting to be a superstar. So <laughs> the reality of of coming out of sixteen bit gaming and into the Sega Saturn was a big deal. Oh yes, it was. You know, the, the step up in graphic performance was was what everybody was talking about. And my house was kind of like the hub. Of the, um, of the video game prowess, so <laughs> everybody would descend upon my house and my room. I was one of the few kids that actually had a, a TV in, in my bedroom. It was a small TV. <laughs> but, so so that, that was a big deal for us. That's awesome, man. That's so awesome. Well, anyways, LJ, he did a, he streamed for us. It was great. It was a lot of fun. If you if you guys want to check it out, go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash geek devotions, and under the Extra Tuesday playlist, or if you go to our Geek Miss 2017 playlist, you'll see it there. And it was a lot of fun. Speaking of playlists, you will find our man Carlos here in one of our playlists. 
uh, our playlist listed as special guests. And you'll find them there twice. One, because the YouTube version of this podcast is going to be there. But also, we did a special interview with Carlos way back in the day, uh, like last year, when we were first starting out. And uh, for a very specific reason, because Carlos has a really cool uh, ministry that he does. Carlos, could you tell everybody what it is you do? Well, about a year ago, almost a year ago, um, just 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 about a year ago, yeah, in November, um, my wife and I, we started Healing Truth Ministries. It was something that the Lord was putting on our heart to uh, really take an opportunity to bring the center back to to truth. Um, what, what our mission statement is, is that um, we believe that we're called to nurse the saints for the truth and the light the way of the loss of Jesus Christ towards salvation. Um, and so what we do is we take specific topics, we take specific things, even something that may be kind of difficult to, to grasp or things that we feel like are falling through the cracks when it comes to the truth of the Bible as it concerns the church, you know, um, at church, we kind of have a, a habit of getting sidetracked a little bit. Uh, so what we wanted to do is to kind of recenter truth with healing truth ministry. We believe that the truth heals. We believe that the truth convicts and it changes people. And we believe that all all we have to do to see people lives change is just be a vessel for God to get that that communicated out to the people. Just allow God to use us to communicate truth. And the Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. So if the truth is communicated, it's going to do what God is intending it to do. So that's our, our sole mission is to really put the truth out there. Um, and we're, we're doing it right now in digital fashion. Hopefully it'll turn into more. Yeah, awesome. Very cool. So Healing Truth Ministries is a podcast. It's a website. Where can people find these things? All right. We can find us. Our website is healingtruthministries.org. Um, we also podcast through Podbean. So if you look up Healing Truth Ministries on Podbean, you can find our our, our podcast on Podbean. Uh, you can find it also on Stitcher. You can find us also on Google Play. You can also find us on iTunes. Um, we have a Facebook group. If you look up Healing Truth Ministry on Facebook, you will find us there. And all of our media gets posted and shared um, to the Facebook group as well as um, daily scriptures get posted to Instagram. If you look us up on Instagram and Twitter, it is at Healing Truth ORG. Healing Truth ORG is our Twitter and um, Instagram handle. You'll find us, you'll find our daily posting there as well. Awesome. So cool. And I, sometimes I wish this was a video podcast because um, as you guys are listening, obviously you guys can hear Carlos is passionate, but I'm watching Carlos move around on video on Google Hangout right now. And you can tell this man is passionate about what he does. And uh, I love hanging out with passionate people. We're going to so. get there one day. We're going to do something <laughs> into Shady Grove Studios over here when I get it all together, man. We're going to do something cool. Come on, man. We'll get there going. So anyways... <laughs> Today, Carlos, we're talking about our, our movie of the week for Geek Miss 2017, week three, is Batman Returns. Uh, Carlos, what is your experience with Batman Returns, your earliest memories of this movie and your my, earliest experiences? My earliest memory, 1992, I was 13 years old. Um, I actually went to the theaters to see this. Where? And I remember, yeah, I remember this. I actually went to the theaters with my sister, went to see this. Um, was I mean, it was a it was a big deal. I remember when the first Batman came out. Yeah. Um um, there with Michael Keaton playing Batman. Um, that was kind of a big deal to see that whole franchise revamp because it's been a long time since anybody had done anything with it. And to have that, to have that kind of return um, as a teenager, I grew up um, as a young man, really, really attached to the comics. I had an uncle that was big into the comics, and I used to dig through his Tupperware bins just full of comics. So I was really attached to the comics. I had the toys. I had all of it. 
And I remember this being a big deal as it was coming out, um, partially because, you know, it's a continuum of a, of a comic book franchise, which in 92, the, maybe the, the younger people kind of have a little bit of a short-term memory when it comes to just a plethora of comic book movies that are that are out now. In 1992, this was to happen uh, three times, three, four times a year like it is now. <laughs> right. You know, so, so something that is being, re- something that is to be released that is based on a comic in 1992 was a big deal. So there was a lot of buzz in my circle of friends about going to see this Batman movie. I had the toys, even though I was 13 years old, I had the toys, <laughs> I had the toys and everything. And in another another Tim Burton film, if anybody to follow Tim Burton, another Tim Burton um, film, oh, and yeah. also a really starts to study cast. You're talking about Michael Keaton, um, Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer, Christopher Walken. You're talking about a really star-studded cast. So this was this was a big deal. I remember there was a lot of build-up to this movie. And incidentally enough, the funny thing is, is I remember you approached me about this. I, Pastor and I were in Dubai together taking care of my sister, and we had just watched this like on Netflix like a few days before I got back to the state. So Pastor and I set up at whatever time in the in the morning it was because we couldn't sleep because we were all jet lagged and we watched Batman Returns on on, on Netflix. <laughs> That's so cool, man. It is <laughs> Well, man, I'm glad you just recently watched it and uh, and uh, I'm uh, even though it was under some interesting situations with jet lag and overseas. Now I have a question because you were in Dubai when this happens. Was it in English? Yes, it was in English. Well, actually, my sister, we were in my sister's apartment and she brought a firebox with her from the U.S. Right. So, um, so we were connected to Netflix through her firebox. So that was our connection to American TV. <laughs> I tell you what, man, TV in Dubai is very, very different from here. I mean, the cartoons are in Arabic, and and right. you know, I'm a big American sports fan. There's there's no sports on the stuff for soccer and cricket, and I and cricket doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> It, it was a it was a peculiar experience to say the least, uh, but we had a firebox there, and we had all of our hero movies. You know, we could watch it through Netflix and all through Amazon Prime. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, those of you who are, who are just now joining us, who, who haven't been part of of Contact before, during when we do these special kind of like movie reviews and conversations, we break things up into four sections. First off, we talk about what we liked, uh, and then we talk about what we didn't like, and then we talk about some deeper meanings. And then if there's a controversy about it, we'll discuss the controversy. And most of the movies we're t- discussing this week, except for next week's episode, um, the controversy is: is it really a Christmas movie? And so let's get into that, um, Carlos. We'll start off with some with some positive stuff. What are some things that you liked about Batman Returns? I think they couldn't have done a better job of character creation when it comes to the Penguin. Oh, really? I think I think Danny DeVito was born to play that role. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that as far as getting him to have the portrayal of this already this weird weird outcast type of character, I think they did a phenomenal job of casting um, Danny DeVito. As um as the penguin, I don't think that Michael Keaton's also one of my favorite Batman's. Um, right, he's, he's right up there. He's I'm right up there. Fight you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can have this debate. Anybody that's listening to this, we can have this debate. Uh, we can, no, we can, no, we can talk about whatever that Val Kilmer thing was. Uh, <laughs> let's let's try to let's try to ignore that with the rest of history. <laughs> but Michael Keaton was definitely one of my favorite Batman. Um, that. That Batmobile was was kind of one of my favorite Batmobiles as well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing I really liked. I thought Michelle Pfeiffer did a great job as being um, kind of the, the, the socio-psychopath. Um, <laughs> I, thought, I, think, I thought the casting was really good. I thought as yeah. far as who they cast, who they put in the, in the place. Um, also something with those first two um, Michael Keaton films, I thought they really did a good job with me being a guy that's, that's closely associated with the comic and being, being you know, being a comic book buff myself, I thought they did a really good job of the dark portrayal of Gotham. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the other, some of the other portrayals of Gotham and some of the other movies got a little weird, got a little techy. But this was, this is a lot more of a comic book portrayal of, of, of Gotham that I thought was really good, especially considering that the time frame they were kind of, kind of slotting it in. I thought they did a really good job with yeah. that. You know, that's one of those things that I really appreciate about it too is the way that Tim Burton really made it feel. You know, Tim Burton's come off of a, a history of of stop motion animation, which we had just talked about him last week with yes. our uh, Nightmare Before Christmas episode. Yeah. And um, so he he has a way of seeing things all the way to the end and combining this gothicness, which is really Gotham in itself, and um, just the different elements to create a whole new world. I was watching the commentary on the, on the Blu-ray, and they were saying that um, Tim Burton, when he created Gotham, it was... It wasn't like you're like, oh, this is a set in the middle of California. It was a whole new world for people. Like they would go to work and they'd leave. They're like, oh, I'm I'm not in Gotham anymore. <laughs> right? Yeah, you kind of kind of get lost in the atmosphere today, which lets you know they did a great great job of creating an atmosphere there that is all. It was it was it's like an envelopment. It's it's it was consuming atmosphere. I think they did a really good job with that. Oh yeah, and I also do appreciate. I feel like uh, you may. I'm sure you remember the Batman the Animated Series, um, ca- cartoon series from like the early '90s. They really heavily based a lot of the designs and the thought process off of um, the Tim Burton Batman series, where you had the the mixture of modern yeah. technology with like the 1940s and 50s, which is the right. birthing place of Batman himself. Right, it, and you also had the same uh, soundtrack. Um, which is that is the legendary soundtrack when it comes to people thinking about thinking about Batman is that is that opening sequence that opening soundtrack that 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 it became famous and popular in the animated series, but it was used in those original Tim Burton movies, and that's that's a phenomenal soundtrack. Man, every time I hear that soundtrack come up, man, I get goosebumps at certain points. But I'm just like, yes, this is this is it. And she written a piece of music and genius score. I love it. Oh man, uh, it's cool, man. All right. So, what are some other aspects of the movie? Like we talked about the music, kind of the atmosphere it's built. Is there anything else, like maybe within the story that you really enjoyed, or or out out of storyline? Well, out of the storyline, you kind of had um, you kind of had the deeper deeper meaning. This kind of, I guess, it kind of parallels with what is is it a Christmas story or not? You know, you had the you had the you had the penguin. No, um. What was his name? Oswald Cobblepot? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, was that his real name in the comics? Because I it can't is. remember. It yeah, is. Oswald Cobble, Cobblepot is his real name. Yeah, I real name. remember. That was his real name. In the, you know, he was really trying to search for a human identity. Right. And it started with him trying to figure out, you know, who, you know the deal with his parents and, 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 um, and him and him really trying to search for acceptance in society and have a, having a human identity and not just oh, being the penguin and somehow yeah. that's strange and more than him than him running for mayor mayor you have to but, hold up man because i feel like that's great for our, our our segment at the last half of this about the deeper meanings yeah because <laughs> because yeah, i was yeah. off on that for sure 
Yeah, I, I thought that I thought that was a really cool thing to uh, to kind of portray because you when you think about the penguin and the, um the thing about Batman's bad guys, you kind of think about those guys um just kind of coming up with nefarious schemes with the Joker and mm-hmm. you know you know in the comics or in the in the cartoon he he just kind of pop up with some harebrained scheme to to do something <laughs> weird or whatever. Right. But I thought that um that in this movie they gave him some depth of character. They yeah. gave him opportunity. They did the same thing with Selena Kyle and Catwoman as well. They yeah, gave him. They gave him a look. Yeah, yeah. I'm listening. that's something they said in uh, in the um, in the interview with Tim Burton. Is the reason why he chose Penguin was because there really was no real in depth psychological analysis of the Penguin. Like so, he created and for himself a whole mindset of who the Penguin is. Yeah, I thought they. I think I thought he did a good job of adding some depth. Um, some depth to it as well. <laughs> cool. All right. So, what are some things that we didn't like about Batman Returns? I think the Batman was a little flat. Um, they didn't spend a lot of time. They really, really spend a lot of time. But there's so much engulfing of of his his character with um with with the, with the um the character of the Penguin kind of being brought out, and then you kind of have you know Selena Kyle, Catwoman, kind of you know. Spontaneously becoming an acrobat after falling out of a window. <laughs> no, I thought that was a little bit awkward. Um, you didn't really. There really wasn't a whole lot of development um, of Batman and his character. You right. know, in, in in that movie, I know they tried to do that a little bit in the first one, and then they kind of they kind of stepped through that in some of the later films. You know, where they um, you know where Batman begins and things like that, where they really tried to step through more the depths of his character. I thought his um his romance with um, Catwoman was a little awkward. It was a little weird. <laughs> no, I know they only had so much time to kind of to kind of cram their yeah. So that that was a little bit awkward. Um, yeah, I would agree with you on all those points. Some of those things, like because it was there was a bit of a rush story, and I think that this is like this is one of the first movies I watched. And again, I love the franchise. Um, I've watched every single Batman movie except for the 1966 Batman in theaters. Wow, I've seen one of them in theaters. Look at you, uh, huh? I said, look at you, devoted geek. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, but I've seen them all. And this is one of the first ones I remember watching and going, there's too many main people on screen. I was actually worried for um, the Marvel movies when they started putting all these characters on right. screen. Yeah. And um, and Justice League, I don't know if you had a chance to watch that one yet. I have uh, not yet. It's, it's a good, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a good Justice League movie. However, this this with all the characters on screen, um, you, there's not a lot of buildup. You know, right. we have the character buildup ish of Batman and the Batman v Superman. You have the the Wonder Woman movie, but the other players in, in involved, right? You didn't have a lot of development, and I really felt right. like that was something that DC should have learned from Batman Returns that there was too right. many main staying characters involved. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, other than that, the action was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I thought that was fine. You know, there there were enough, you know, nameless, faceless henchmen for Batman to beat up and to, you know, <laughs> and destroy. You know, I thought that was I thought that was pretty good. Did you uh, ever play the video game from this? I did. Man, it was bad. <laughs> it was it was awful. It was it was, <laughs> it, it, was a, it was a money grab. That's exactly what that video game was. It was oh, a money man. grab. Uh, now I would be remiss if I didn't talk about something that Celeste didn't like and that she brought up in um, when we were talking about it after we watched it the other day, which was she didn't care for the background story of this particular Selena Kyle. Um, 
the the you know kind of forgotten helpless secretary he gets pushed out of a window and mysteriously gets cat powers when the cats start right. eating her yeah that was kind of awkward yeah <laughs> that was kind of, like i said she fell out of a window so and turned into an acrobat i don't, I don't understand how, the, how that happened right but what she said was interesting was that um celeste said that um this selena kyle reminded her very much of harley quinn Right, and, uh, which got me thinking because Harley Quinn was a construct of the Batman animated series. She wasn't in, in any of the comics until she had already appeared in the animated series, and people really fell in love with her character. So I'm wondering if the influence for Harley was a little bit taken from this version of Catwoman. Very, very well, could have been kind of the kind of the off kilter, strangely feisty um mm -hmm. person that didn't really connect with reality really well. You know, right. that, that is very Harley Quinnish. <laughs> right so because like the original storyline of, of Catwoman she was a um, just kind of a raised in the streets young lady and uh, was in a bad situation but she was inspired by the, the exploits of Batman and she's like I could dress in a suit and do stuff too right. but she went an entirely different way and became a jewel thief yeah she was a cat burglar literally yeah. <laughs> she was literally a cat burglar yeah she, was, she wasn't a disenfranchised secretary and also really if you kind of look at the at the way that the at the plot the storyline, can you really call Penguin the bad guy? Right. Because really, I really think that that Max um was really the bad guy. Really, Paul Watson character Max right? He was really the guy who was kind of manipulating. Everything. I mean, first of all, he was the one to push Lena Kyle out of the window, and he was right. the one to put um he was the one to put um Oswald up to to kind of run for mayor and. And really, it was his greed and his selfishness that was really pushing everybody, you know, everybody to, you know, to do what they were right. doing. You know, I think, I think Max was more of an enabler. I think he saw the darkness in the Penguin and he capitalized on it. Right. Because um, the, the Penguin already had the point, like going through the list of of, of everything, uh, looking. And this is a spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen the movie in the last. Who hasn't seen the movie? If you haven't, seen, if you haven't seen the movie. <laughs> At this point, and you're listening to this podcast, you deserve spoilers. Uh, this, this, <laughs> if you are picking up this podcast and you're listening to a podcast about the 1992 Batman movie and you have not seen it, you deserve these spoilers. So go ahead. <laughs> That's it. Well, you know, in the, in the movie, we discovered the Penguin's big plan, which was to kidnap all the firstborns of uh, Gotham and basically do unto them as what was done to him. And so. Uh, to me, there was definitely this root of evil within the Penguin. I just feel like Max uh, saw it and capitalized on it as right. only he could. Right, and you, and you kind of have that vein of um, of even in the face of a popularity and accepting there's just this this depravity that's deep within the Penguin that's just going to come out regardless. You know, he you know he right. could have been the mayor of Gotham, and he still <laughs> wanted you know to kidnap everybody's kids, man, and you right. know, which. Was interesting, and and that's there's so many aspects of because again they only have so much time to do. The movie's two hours long already, yeah. But to to explore everything out of it, the original backstory of Penguin was that he, again, he comes from a rich family, but because he was chubby, because he had a weird shaped nose, um, he was mocked and made fun of. And <laughs> you guys can't see it, but he's uh, Carlos is waving his, his hands up like uh, the the fins <laughs> from the movie. <laughs> But uh, that's how he was like. So he was bullied, and so he was bullied into being this villain. And when he became an adult, and he uh, got to himself a, a place of, of power, at least politically, 
um, after you know, kind of running the the muck with the mob and everything, uh, he became what we know as the Penguin today, which is this mobster. And I feel like you lost some of the finesse of that in this movie. Right. Yeah. He was. He was a little bit of um. He was a little bit of a, a, a circus freak, you know. A little bit mm-hmm. of. You, you didn't have that development of of him being um. He was a bit of um. He was a bit of a criminal genius in the comics, and that that really wasn't what he was in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just going back to the to his to his um deformity. One of my favorite lines is um. He was talking about his parents. He said maybe the first time he held a rattle with a chubby flipper instead of five fingers. <laughs> 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 oh man! For some reason, that line sticks out in my mind. <laughs> oh man, that's true though, man. So, like I said, the, the penguin he was. I I liked how Dean DeVito played the character. Yeah, I just didn't care for the type of character. I mean, it was a great character, but it wasn't the penguin as I understand right. him from the comics and I've a few movies like that I think I just think there couldn't be any they're gonna do that character I don't think there could be anybody else playing but Danny DeVito mm-hmm. it's kind of like in the later movies when you had Two-Face being played by um, Tommy Lee Jones right. I hate it the movie was not a good movie I love the movie because it's the Batman franchise and it's nostalgic right. but as far as that character it's a bad version of, of yeah that's awful Harvey Dent that's yeah. not Hollywood, yeah. but Tommy Lee Jones man he banged that sucker out yeah I, I thought Jim Carrey did a great job as a realtor. Mm-hmm. So, all about that script, man. So, all right. Well, uh, folks, we're going to come back after a quick, brief commercial break. And uh, when we come back, Carlson and I are going to be talking about some of the deeper things we saw in the movie. And we caught a little bit of sneak peek of that earlier. And is this really a Christmas movie? So, we'll be right back after this quick break. Are you a new business or ministry and need help getting your message out? Are you a budding artist who needs help sharing your passion with the world? Need help creating a social media presence that's impactful and represents who you are, but can't afford to have someone else run it for you all the time? One of my passions is to help people establish a social media presence so they can reach others with a message that encourages and changes lives. Not only do I want to help you create it, but I want to give you the skills so that you can maintain and grow your online presence. I offer a variety of services from graphic design to creating a social media campaign to consultation. If you're interested in my help, email me at geekdevotions at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. All right, and we're back. Uh, We are sitting here with Carlos Renfro of Healing Truth Ministries. Hey, folks. It's an amazing podcast coming from a great family. Carlos is, um, um, right now, at the time of this recording, actually, Carlos is about to take a trip out to Dubai. Um, and before we get into our DP meetings, not Dubai, he's going back to um, Colorado. He was just in Dubai. Um, before we get into our deeper meanings aspect, Carlos, um, you've had some some crazy things happen in your family, and this is part of the reason why I have so much love for you. Uh, you have been through so much, but still... Um, Man, you have been a pillar of faith and, and truth, um, healing truth, I would even say. And uh, I was wondering if you can just kind of give people an idea of what's going on in your family's life and how you're walking through that. Well, um, earlier in, in October, in October, um, just kind of a background, um, I grew up with my mother and father and, my, and myself and my sister family of four in the state of Georgia. Um, and my sister recently had taken an opportunity to 
to teach abroad in Dubai, United Arab Emirates. It's a great opportunity for her to go overseas. Um, she's been an educator for, for all of her adult life since she graduated college. She was actually a principal in the Denver public school system. Um, and she was taking an opportunity to go teach abroad. Unfortunately, she got there and she suffered a massive stroke. Mm. Um, we had to, I had to get there to take care of her. Um, she's completely unconscious, a large stroke on the left side. Um, God bless this man. I was able, um, our pastor over at the healing place, Scott Etheridge, was able to go with me. Um, we were able to go there and um, and try to see to her health. Um, just to kind of, just to kind of add to the to the complexity of the situation, just because of where she is and the laws um, there, we had the urgency of having to get her out of the country. It was very expensive, um, and also the timing of it had to be just right because of the insurance purposes. Um, when it comes to billing and outstanding costs, she could have her, her visa could have been locked, and she may not have been able to leave the country. Then she'd be stuck there. But God was able to come through for us. He was able to to get a medevac from Dubai over over back to the U.S. Um, and able to get her get her out of there um, and back to the U.S. Still, she's still unconscious, still in a coma. Um, God was able to bless us and get us a medical evac to get us back over here. Um, because of other insurance purposes, adding another layer of complexity, I wasn't able to bring it back to Louisiana where I live. Um, we had to take it back to where she had a last residency because of um, insurance. And so now she's currently in Denver, Colorado. She's in Colorado Acute Long-Term Care Facility. Um, and they're seeing to her care. Uh, she's she's not in good shape, to be frank, to be honest. She's not in good, she's not in good condition. She is still considered comatose. Um, she didn't have um, voluntary reactions as of now, um, but we're just believing God for a miracle. The, the damage to the left side of her brain is extensive, and I've been going back and forth just trying to take care of her needs, take care of her health, um, and just really trying to take care of my sister to, you know, and believe in God that God can do something miraculous. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, Devoted Geeks, I want to encourage you guys out there to be praying for Carlos and his family as they uh, do this. Again, Carlos is a He's a family man. He works hard. He works basically IT, and so he spends most of his day telling people, "Did you turn it off? Did you turn it back on?" Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. Did you reboot it? <laughs> but also, um, I mean, he's just a man that loves the Lord and he serves faithfully. Um, he actually serves at my church on a, on a very regular basis. He serves on a worship team. He's a greeter at the front door. Um, he's a he, he's always there to help people and and to be there for when people need him the most and so i want to encourage you guys uh be in prayer for his family as they walk this out um so that being said carlos we're going to our next section of our show which is deeper meanings we're taking a look at this movie uh batman returns from 1992 done by tim burton and we're going to break it down look at some deeper things that we saw and you kind of hinted at a few things that you had seen happening in this movie some some deeper hidden healing truths if you will that you saw yeah. in the movie so yeah. what why don't you expand on those and, and walk us through what you saw well you had the you had the, first of all you had with with the with the penguin mm -hmm. um his deep his deep-seated desire and need for acceptance mm -hmm. um it 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 was really what was driving him he he had some unresolved issues with his parents which, which that's very common in our society a lot of us have unresolved issues with our parents but we didn't have parents to treat us the way we thought they, they should have treated us and so he's carried this his entirety of his life and mm. who knows you know how, how much time he spent you know thinking about this and how it really shaped who he was 
and all of that was rooted at just kind of needing and feeling acceptance and needing acceptance. Um, and and Max kind of took kind of took it. Uh, Max Shrek kind of took uh, took advantage of that and and um, and it kind of propped him up, you know, to run for mayor. And here he is. He's he's awkwardly trying to fit in with people and trying to. And try, you know, I, I think about the when they introduced him as running for mayor. He had the staff. And he was, you know, he's, you know, he's all, you know, he's over there. He's like eating the, the raw fish, and he's just, he's so awkward, you know, because he, he's basically, you know, he's basically a ninja turtle, you know, who's a, you know, <laughs> you know, so he's so awkward. It, it, but the whole thing is that he's trying to fit in, and he's trying to find acceptance. But deep down, that 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 darkness was still there. Mm-hmm. Even in the face of people kind of reaching out to him and, and you know, him being popular and saving the baby and everything and that kind of being a, a scheme to get his foot in the door, he still had this darkness, you know, that 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 still drove him to, to still try to, you know, to execute his plan regardless. Yeah, absolutely. It's a funny story about the um, the fish thing, though. Um, it's my understanding, Dane DeVito actually ate that thing raw. Oh, and he ate several fish raw during the production of that movie. God, that, I'm sure that took a few years off his life. That, <laughs> he's still no, I mean, it was horribly grotesque. I mean, it, I mean, if you wanted to portray that character, I mean, they did an awesome job of it. But right. that, that was that was horribly grotesque. <laughs> so going back to what you're talking about, about just kind of this this thing inside, how do you see that activating people's lives, and how do you see people being able to walk out of that situation? Because what I'm seeing happening is a situation that is very common to most to, to many people, not most people, but many people. Where they have a bad upbringing, like you said, and but there's been this this junk that takes place. What is the truth that really can pull them out of that mindset that that's going on? That yeah. almost victim mentality. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Um, the Bible tells us, man, that the fences are going to come. That there are going to be things that are going to happen in our in our life that that's going to that's not going to be ideal. People are going to hurt you. People are going to fail you. And unfortunately. Um, it's, it's become quite epidemic, and especially in America, that that failure is coming at the hands of those who love us most. In many cases, it's, it's through the form of broken family. The family mm-hmm. really taken a really taken a lick in the last um, last last couple of decades here in America, and we have people growing up with this hurt. We have people growing up with this with and it's shaping and it's molding who they, who they are. But um, biblically, you know, God tells us, you know, that we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That that God through through his spirit, through being regenerated, being reborn, God has the ability to renew our mind. He gives us the ability to process forgiveness. He gives us the ability to process, you know, the pain and the hurt and really kind of put it in its place and not let it drive our character, not let it shape who we are. You know, that's that's one thing we have to really learn how to do is is things that are wrong and things that are not ideal. We have to find a way for that not to define our, our not let our past define our future. Mm. Um, and really that's what, that's what, that's the type of healing that relationship with God can bring is that knowing and understanding that not only, you know, that he died to, to, to forgive us of sin, but also that he died to, to give us, to give us peace, to give us healing, to give right. us strength, that we can be completely whole. And that means being able to look at our past, be able to forgive people, to be able to move forward and imagining and envisioning something better than what's held us captive when it comes to, to bad circumstances in our life because God has more for us than that. Yeah. 
Man, it's so crazy because a lot of what you're saying is actually what's up that's going into this week's episode of Geek Devotions, which um, at the time of this recording is before it's been aired. Uh, and I want to encourage you guys to go back and check out that episode of Geek Devotions. Go to youtube.com forward slash Geek Devotions. And it's this week's episode uh, as of you listening to this. It's kind of weird talking in the future and the past at the same time, Carlos. But <laughs> this, that's one of the things I was really seeing too was that making that choice of doing stuff. Um, you know, I'm looking at the three main characters, Batman, Catwoman, and Penguin. I see three individuals who had life thrown at them, at them in a very harsh way. Yes. Uh, of course, we have Bruce Wayne's story that we've seen played out 3,000 times, and that's the reason why we ignored that for Batman v Superman. Great choice, DC Comics, by the way, for not doing that. <laughs> but, um, you know, he had to make a choice in his life as to what he was going to do with what was done to him, whether he was going to hold on to that... Um, um, that uh, offense and that abuse that happened to him, and then you had Catwoman, who um, we know from the from the movie that she had a mom, maybe an overbearing mom, maybe a little helicopter parent going on. Yeah, but at the same time, she was kind of on her because she was trying to do her own thing, become her own person. She found herself in a very abusive situation, um, so abusive they threw her out the window, and then she got eaten by cats and got cat powers, but. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like the cat version of you know, you know what happened to Jezebel, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then you have Penguin, who I mean, we just talked about. I mean, where I mean, just tragic stuff, man. For that to happen to anybody is is tragic. But each person had to make a choice in their own life as to how they were going to respond. Penguin, he embraced the darkness and he allowed the offense to take place. And some of it was nurtured from the environment he was in. Um, we discover from the movie that. Um, there were some real shady things happening within the circus before it got shut down that he was part of when he was a kid. Um, at the same time, um, Bruce, in his pain, said, I'm going to do better. I'm going to go out and I'm going to be someone who actually helps people so I can prevent what happens happened to me from happening to them ever again. Right. Uh, which is an interesting plot device that takes place in the comics where uh, the Joker often recreates that scene to get into Bruce's head. Right. And it, it gets pretty wild at times yeah. in the comics. Um, but then you have Catwoman. And Catwoman's the one that I really feel bad for in the movie because she's the one that's kind of caught in the middle. She's, she knows that something tragic has happened to her. And she's that person who's on the edge of going, I have potential to do right, to, to, to do what needs to be done. But they're holding on. Almost the... Um, like the parable of the seed sown and um and but in this case the seed sown was on the rocky ground and and it's not taking hold <clears throat> or not more like it's uh, in the thorns and it's choking life out of it right. and um you see always in the end bruce digging in to these thorny places trying to rescue her from being choked out right that's a good analogy and i like what you said i'm um, going back to penguin it's amazing it's a it's, it's a good parallel that Bruce, in his processing of what happened to him, didn't want it to happen to anyone else. But the penguin was the reciprocation of that. What happened to him, he wanted it to happen to other people. So the other people, kind of a, a maniacal way of soothing his pain is having other people share that pain with him. And that's one of the problems that you can deal with with unforgiveness mm. is that you feel like by trafficking in that, that you're hurting those who hurt you or that you're you're living that out, that it gives you some sort of a soothing to for others to to, to feel that where really you're just hurting yourself. 
Mm-hmm. You're continu- you're con- continuing to damage yourself. That's right. That's right. And you know that the old um, we, we've we've seen heard it talked about many times where people who are hurting and they're in pain and they carry this unforgiveness, acting like it's going to hurt the person, hurt them. They're under, right. but you're just continuing to hurt yourself. Right. And um, you know it's one of those things. What would have happened if, if Penguin had learned to just forgive? What would have happened? Um, obviously, wouldn't have a movie, but right. you know, because he was intelligent. I mean, yeah, it was kind of a lunatic, weird guy. But He's I a mean, lot more intelligent in the comics. Yeah, I mean, he could have done so many great things, and um, the comics they explore so much more about the Cobot family. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. The Cobots at one point in time were actually pretty closely tied to the Waynes, and um, in a lot of ways. So, ladies and gentlemen, read your comics; they help you learn things. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, all right. It, it, it fills in the gap from the things that the movies can't give you. <laughs> it does indeed. So, cool, man. Well, I feel like we, we got some pretty good deep stuff out of here. Um, and I want to encourage those of you who are listening to the podcast right now, send us an email, geekdevotions at gmail.com. Contact us through Facebook, Instagram. Let us know your thoughts on these deeper thoughts. Maybe you saw a deeper thought um, that we didn't see and that you would like to let us know about. Let us know. We love to read those and uh, maybe even t- uh, review them in next week's podcast. Uh, that being said, Carlos, are you ready for the great debate? Yes, I am ready. <laughs> so... Um, Again, the three out of the four movies we're watching this month are all highly debated as to whether or not they're actual Christmas movies. And so, uh, for, first week was a conversation about uh, Die Hard, and Celeste and I both agree that is a Christmas movie. Um, last week, oh, good. Last week we talked about Nightmare Before Christmas, and it was kind of uh, kind of up in the air. Our guest Cody was like, "No, it's it's not a Christmas movie." Celeste was like, it is. And I was like, it's both. It's Halloween and Christmas at the same time. So, I, I, I kind of like your take on that. Yeah. I mean, I mean it, it, it has Christmas in the, in the title. So. Right. There you go. <laughs> so that being said, Batman Returns. Carlos, what is it? Is it a Christmas movie? It is absolutely not a Christmas movie. Really? Why is Batman that? Batman Returns was released in June of 1992. <laughs> You cannot release a Christmas movie in June and expect people to associate it with Christmas just because it has a Christmas theme and has a Christmas setting. And it really didn't have a Christmas theme. It just had a Christmas setting. You know, this happened to take take place around Christmas time. You know, there was very little there was very I mean, it could have taken place in late February. You no, know, like I said, but even then, um, even then, when when in the box office release, they weren't even targeting the Christmas audience. They released it in June, right. you know. So for just from that standpoint, I can't really consider it a Christmas movie. <laughs> I, and I understand that argument. However, and we brought this up last week, and um, uh, one of our friends, Nathan Marksland, um, he we we'd asked about a specific movie, and it's, I think it might be a Wonderful Life. And um, when was it released? And we're getting conflicting reports. Nathan brought up who Nathan does Kaiju Vision Radio, uh, which is a great podcast. We had him on for Extra Tuesday a while back. Uh, he is my uh, my go-to Kaiju expert when I have questions about Kaiju. Uh, but he said that, according to Wikipedia, that it came out during Christmas time. However, according to IMDb, it came out during the summer months. And there are several Christmas movies that way. And we have to remember, this is the 90s. So the markets run a little differently, ran a little differently in the 90s than they do 
uh, nowadays. And right, they're so, keying in on the summer blockbusters. Right. So, with all that information, and the fact that you know they needed some of the stuff that happened with the Christmas. I mean, it was pretty integral parts of of everything. I mean, you had the the tree lighting ceremony at the beginning of it. You had the 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 Christmas princess who was killed in the midst of it. They used to to frame Batman. Um, you had the whole like just everything was based around every time you turn around there was this Christmas stuff. You had the consumerism happening, which was also a big part of Max's storyline. The consumerism. Right. So, are you sure that does not still qualify it as a Christmas movie? There's just not enough for in my mindset Christmas music circulates doesn't include Christmas thing but it circulates around that's why it's a wonderful life it, it could have been released in you know it could have been released in May but the whole thing circulated around a Christmas thing mm-hmm. you know that was the whole that was the whole point of it uh, you know <laughs> is that it, it circulated around it being a Christmas thing I mean you can have you know Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle on the mistletoe all your life you know you know <laughs> it, it has Christmas elements to it but I just the 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 storyline was about about you no know, the penguin and his and his deal you know and and the but but really the to me the time frame is set in, in a Christmas but it it it, it really isn't a, a Christmas theme movie that's just the way I think of it right I think a Christmas Christmas theme being being Christmas thinking about Christmas and talking about Christmas and right. And not just Christmas being a backdrop. It just that's what it felt like to me. It felt like Christmas just a set. It was a backdrop, and it didn't really have a lot to do with the theme of the of the movie. Ah, okay. Well, I myself and and Celeste, so you know, she she stands with you on this one. She's like, it's not a Christmas movie. It takes place during Christmas. I like the way Celeste. Uh, I am I am conflicted about it myself. To be perfectly honest, um, I will watch it at Christmas time because. Um, well, I mean, I don't necessarily need a reason to watch Batman, but why not? <laughs> right, and, and, that, and me too. when I think of watching a Christmas movie, this does not come to mind. Oh no! I think of, yeah, I don't. When I think of watching a Christmas movie, I think of other stuff. I'll, I'll think of Home Alone before I think about this. You know, <laughs> right? I would, you know, I understand that. So um, I'm falling after debating it, and with myself and looking at all the evidence, I have decided amongst myself that. Batman Returns, as much as it has Christmas involved in it, it's not necessarily a Christmas movie. Right. Um, I stated back when we did our episode about um, Die Hard that there is a feeling that comes with a Christmas movie. Even though Die Hard was all about explosions and loud things and gunfire and and Germans being thrown off the top of buildings... um, you left the movie feeling good. You know, you're like, I feel good about this. You yeah. Know? Uh, yeah. Nightmare for Christmas, even though it was based in a Halloween world and you had all these creepy and crawly things going on, you were left with a feel good moment at the end of it. And you felt like this is Christmas. You didn't really have that. In fact, you walked out of the movie of Batman Returns, kind of sad, somber, a little bit of hopefulness. Um, yeah, classic Gotham. Right. Classic Gotham. Um, and, and that is that kind of thing. It, it, if, it, if I'm going to call it a Christmas movie, I'd have to call it, and in, in in, I'm just coming to my head just because of what you just said, it is a Gotham Christmas. Hey, there you go. That new category. I like it. <laughs> it is a Gotham Christmas where you're like, this was not a good thing, but you're like, but I kind of feel better about things. You know, 
You had Catwoman pop up at the very end, again, mirroring what happened in the first movie. Um, so you're like, is there hope for Bruce to be happy? Um, kind of a Christmas miracle or, or not? Nah. So um, I'm going to call it a Gotham Christmas, <laughs> but like not, a, not like a true Christmas. Well, guys, that is our podcast for today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Join us next week as we talk about Santa Claus, the Santa Claus, Tim Allen. You remember that movie, man? I do. I do. Tim Allen. <laughs> that movie Claus. was so crazy. Nothing and, like uh, me and Taylor being Santa Claus. <laughs> right? Um, side note, speaking of Santa Claus, because I just have to say this uh, because they're good friends of mine and I love them to death. Um, my friends over at Retro Rewind Podcast, they just recorded their review on the Santa Claus. Now, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet uh, or listen to it yet. Um, they did record it live, and so I could go back and watch it if I wanted to, I guess. Um, but I want to listen to it on my podcast. And so um, I want to encourage you guys to check it out, RetroRewindPodcast.com. I'll leave links in our description down below, along with some links to all of Carlos's stuff. Uh, that he has going on with the Healing Truth Ministries, but um, but yeah, do me a favor if you guys check out Retro Rewind, check out their community, their uh, Retro Rewind, um, what is it? Retro Rewind Experience. It's their Facebook group page. Join it, leave some love, let them know how amazing they are over there at Retro Rewind Podcast. That being said, Carlos, um, I want you to do two things. One, give us one more shout out as to um, Healing Truth Ministries, how to find it, what is it, and also if. Any last words you have for all these amazing devoted geeks before we sign off? All right. HealingTruthMinistries.org. Um, that is ministries, plural. HealingTruthMinistries.org. Find us on Facebook. Healing Truth um, Ministries on Facebook. Um, at Healing Truth Org on Twitter and Instagram. Um, find us on Podbean, on, on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Look for Healing Truth Ministry Podcast. We're just here to speak the truth. Nothing more. Um, Stay devoted. Stay devoted, geese. Don't let anybody tell you that you don't matter. Stay devoted. Um, put God first. Put put the Lord first in all that you do. Um, and make sure that everything you do, you do to honor him. Uh, one day, we are all going to leave this earth, and we all have to stand before him and, 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 and give a reprocessing, a rewind of our life. And so make what you do count. Make it count. Be thoughtful. Be intentional about it. Make it count. Word. Amen. Cool beans. Well, guys, that was Carlos Renfro from Healing Truth Ministries. Make sure you guys check him out. And I leave him some love on all of his social media. Also, I mean, blow up his Instagram if you can do that for me, all right? Don't literally blow it up because that's kind of weird. But, I mean, you know, leave some comments. Let him know that you, you love him, you care about him. And, again, be praying for him and his family as they walk through some pretty pretty intense stuff right now. That being said, guys, I want to encourage you to check out our social media, Geek Devotions, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Obviously, we have a new episode every Friday on YouTube of a uh, geeky devotion built just for you, beautiful devoted geeks designed to let you guys know that you are loved. But this is ComTalk, so I just want to say thank you for listening to ComTalk wherever it is, whether it's on our YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio. Uh, do me a favor, if you're on iTunes, leave us a review and uh, rate our, our podcast. It helps people find us and share the stuff out with people. Uh, if you believe this podcast will encourage some people, you got a little Batman fan in your life that uh, you think uh, would appreciate this podcast and you think that our deeper uh, thought segment would really encourage them, share it with them. Um, Carlos and I do these things because we love people. Um, trust Amen. us, we could do a lot more things with our lives than do podcasting. And um, but we do this because we love people because we believe 
message that God's given us is for you here today. So that being said, check out our stuff, share it out. It's all very much appreciated. And until next Sunday, dear devoted geeks, stay devoted, peace and love.